Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Good morning, ladies, or well, it is at least good morning from where I am recording at the moment. It is a beautiful, sunny sunrise here in the UK. I'm currently in my office and I'm sat watching the sun creep up over the hill that my office looks out onto. So my my office, from the back of my office, you can literally see fields and a big hill and trees and the sun rises up above um, the hill at the back of my house. And this morning it is really kind of this very beautiful, crisp autumnal morning. So the sun's coming up and the ground's quite, there's a bit of a sort of crisp air. Um, so it's a little bit, starting to feel a little bit cold. Um, the, you know, the ground isn't frosty, but it's got that sort of cold kind of glisten to it. Um, and it looks really, really beautiful. So I'm excited to be here and to be recording this episode. Um, I first want to say I, I need to apologise because you may have realised that there was no episode last week. And I wanted to just start by sharing why that is the case. So the last episode that I recorded, I was um, doing a Q&A on um, becoming a coach. The questions that I often get asked about the path to getting trained as a coach, starting a business as a coach, and what is required of you through that process. And I want to continue with that for this episode. But to start with, I want to just share why I didn't do an episode last week. And, um, and it just, yeah, it didn't happen. And the reason why is basically my, my partner and I, Philip and I, we, ended up taking a few days out. We went to Ibiza, just the two of us. It was the first time, well, it was the first time that we've ever left Atticus. We've left Rafi once. <laughs> we did a baby moon for one night, and that was a lot for me, um, just before she turned two. Um, but it was the first time that we had been without children um, since Atticus has come along. So it was a pretty big deal, but we both felt like we really, really, really needed some time to ourselves. Um, And the reason for this was, you may have remembered that I shared with you that through through the month of August, we also went in June as well. So we spent, um, I think, a couple of weeks in June, and then we went back in August um, to Mallorca, and we were house hunting. So it was designed to be a little bit of a holiday as well. But if I'm going to be completely honest with you, the whole process was exhausting. Um, it may have looked quite lovely on Instagram and there definitely was some really, really lovely days, but it was pretty full on. Um, in total, we ended up seeing around 60 houses. Okay. So bearing in mind that, you know, we've also got two children. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, We went out in June. We started looking at houses. We put an offer in for a house that got accepted. That all started to go through. That ended up falling through. We went back again in August, started the whole, whole process all over again. All of the houses we were seeing just weren't right. And we were getting you know, showing these houses and just nothing just kind of was lighting us up. And then we saw 
we were shown a plot of land which had a project, an approved project to build a house on. And that started to get us really excited because we thought, okay, here's our opportunity to kind of really, you know, put our own stamp onto something and create something, design something that is more aligned with what we actually want rather than trying to change an existing house and trying to make it how we want it to look. Um, So we were really excited about this, went and saw this plot of land, went back again, you know, to just to make sure that it was the right decision, put an offer in, the offer got accepted, brilliant, it all started to go through, and again, the whole process, it has fallen through again. (laughs) So we were just completely exhausted and drained emotionally, physically, by just that whole process, and I'm very much a firm believer that if something is meant to be, it's, it, you know, it's, it's going to come with its challenges. Sometimes it will come with its challenges, but it very much felt like we were trying to force things to happen. And when this plot of land fell through, we of course were upset, but neither of us were devastated. Neither of us were like, oh my God, that was the dream home. That was the dream plot of land. That was the dream area. We were just kind of more angry because we'd wasted a lot of time and energy and we'd spent quite a bit of money on legal fees, <laughs> starting the whole sort of um, the conveyancing process, but we weren't devastated. And so both of us said, you know, were we trying to force this? Were we trying to just kind of make this happen rather than allow for this to happen? And I think often when you are forcing things, you know, it's never going to result in a positive outcome. Um, so we decided, we came back from Mallorca and we thought, okay, we just need a little bit of a, just kind of a slow down to kind of really think and get clear again on what it is that we want, what it is that we're looking for. Um, cause I think it just got to a point in the whole process where we just didn't know what we wanted anymore. We were so confused and so overwhelmed. And so Ibiza was really about that, just kind of taking some time to just switch off not be in house hunting mode, just to kind of just relax, connect with each other again, and to just think about, okay, what is our next step? Do we go back out to Mallorca? Do we perhaps think about somewhere else? Are we kind of, you know, we kind of just gone ahead with Mallorca thinking that that's going to be the place, but perhaps there's, perhaps there's a better place for us that we, you know, would be more aligned with us. So yeah, so we took a few days out, we went to Ibiza, we stayed in this beautiful Oh my goodness, it was just a magical place. It's called the Atzaro Resort. It's in the center of the island. Um, and it's this, it's an ecotourism place. So they it's set in its own gardens where they grow all of their own vegetables, um, which they then serve in the restaurant. Um, it's kind of got this very much Balinese feel to it. So all of the bathroom was outdoors and it was very tropical and it was just, oh, it was just absolutely heavenly. And it just gave us some time as a couple to just kind of sit and think and just kind of just relax a little bit. And I think when you relax, that's kind of when you get the messages and the the answers from the universe. And I think we were so kind of caught up in our heads when we were in Mallorca that I personally felt very, very disconnected from my intuition, from the universe. And I think when we did decide to purchase that plot of land, that wasn't my intuition talking. I wasn't making a choice from my highest self. And that is perhaps why it did fall through. You know, it fell through for the greater good because that's not where we were meant to be. So... (laughs) Bit of a long-winded story, but that's why there was no episode last week. But I'm excited to jump back in this week with you guys and share 
more of your questions about what it takes to become a coach and you know how to get started with that process. If you've not listened to the previous episode, I would suggest you go ahead and do so. During that episode, I cover things like do I need to work with a coach in order to, to become one? Um, you know, what if I'm still figuring out my own stuff, you know, going through my own lack of self-belief or my own lack of confidence? You know, can I still be working on myself yet be a great coach? I cover that. Um, you know, I don't know how to coach. Can I still become one? I covered that in that episode. I also go into how long it takes to get yourself off the ground, you know, how long it takes to start making money. So yeah, if you've not checked out that episode, that is where I would start. But jumping into this episode then, um, the first question I want to address, how will I find coaching clients? And I think the reason why this is a big concern for a lot of people is that perhaps within their immediate circle of family and friends, they don't necessarily know somebody who is looking for a coach. Perhaps they don't actually know anybody that has worked with a coach before. And so the immediate fear then is, well, where are all these people that are hiring coaches? You know, how am I going to make money if I, you know, I don't really see this huge, you know, population of people that are hiring and working with coaches? And this is, was exactly one of my fears that I had when I started. I didn't know anybody that had worked with a coach before. In fact, I didn't even know any coaches at the time. So I was like, hmm, is this really going to work as a business? Can this really support me financially? And what you will soon discover is that maybe within real life, you don't know a lot of people that are looking for a coach or have worked with a coach. As soon as you get into the online space, you'll start to realize actually how much bigger the industry is than what you initially thought it was, okay? And it's once you start immersing yourself into the coaching world and being a part of the coaching community, you will realize it will feel like, first of all, there are so many people that are looking for a coach. There are so many people that have worked with coaches. There are a lot of coaches out there. And yeah, you'll start to realize that actually this is a real thing and it's a thing that people are willing to invest in. So coming back to this idea of, you know, well, where will I find my clients? This is actually something that we teach our students within the Click Academy. And this for me was really important because I I felt it was something that was left out of my own training where I was taught how to coach and I was trained in, you know, how to actually coach my clients. Yet it was very much just um, surface level stuff on how to then actually find the clients. And then, of course, you know, I get to this point where I'm like, right, I'm ready. Where are my clients now? And I was left having to kind of figure out where to actually find them. So it was really important for me that this was something, the business side of it and the marketing side of it and the sales side of things, this was something that was included within the Click Academy that our students could get access to straight away. Okay, so this is something that we teach, but I want to kind of give you an idea of how the process works. Now, you may be somebody who doesn't have any sort of online experience right now. And that, I will say, does not matter because I didn't know anything about social media, about digital marketing, about email marketing. I didn't know any of that stuff when I started. Um, And this is something that you will learn. Let's say you're going into the academy, you will be taught it within the academy. But Essentially, most of your clients, you will find that you will probably find them online. 
This isn't to say that there won't be any like in-person stuff as well, because there's definitely space for that. Um, for example, I when I first started coaching, I was living in London. And one of the things that I started to do was to give talks at various different sort of personal development events, um, fitness events, yoga events around sort of mindset, around, you know, pursuing your dreams, around figuring out your purpose. And um, that was a really good source of clients for me. So I definitely did some in-person stuff as well. But the beauty of going online to find your client base is that you then have access to an international pool of people. You're not restricted to just people who live locally to you or people that you kind of come across in real life. Um, And I think that's important um, because often, and you may have experienced this, it might be that within your kind of local area, it's not really a done thing. Like people aren't really investing in coaches. You know, it's not really, it's, you know, not really heard of. And so you might be thinking, well, God, like if I was to start advertising, you know, to my local area, I have no idea how I would get clients. So this is where online marketing really comes into its own. And social media is obviously a incredibly powerful tool for you to actually put yourself out there and actually attract the people who need what you offer. Now, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of social media marketing, but one thing that I do want to address is, and this is something that a lot of people really, really fear when coming in. I'd say probably one of the biggest fears that our students have before they start their coach training or you know, as they start their coach training, is this fear of having to put themselves out there on social media. The fear of having to tell people what they're doing, the fear of having to share their story to get visible, to, you know, let friends and family know that they're becoming a coach. I'd say nine times out of 10, that's a fear that all of our students deal with. It was a huge fear for myself coming into the industry you know, oh God, I don't want to start having to share on social media what I'm doing because what if I get criticized? What if I get judged? What if people turn around and say, well, who's she to coach somebody? Like she's a hot mess. (laughs) You know, she can't figure out her own stuff. Like how on earth can she possibly coach others? Like that for me was a huge fit. And maybe you feel this way right now. In fact, I will you know, go so far to say, like, I pretty much put money on it that you will be feeling this. If you're new to the industry, you will be feeling it. And it's completely normal. As I said, pretty much everybody goes through this. So if you're thinking, oh my goodness, the thought of having to use social media to get clients absolutely petrifies me. Don't worry, because kind of going back to something I spoke about in the previous episode, like a big part of you becoming a coach is about you getting out of your own way and stepping into your fullest potential. You really transforming into this woman who is confident in herself, who is confident in her abilities, who doesn't allow what other people think to hold her back, who is so filled with self-belief and is so committed to her path as a coach that she's willing to do whatever it takes. And that is a part of stepping onto social media. It is that inner transformation that you will go through that is going to help you really step up and to start to shine your light in the brightest possible way. But social media then, so 
platforms like Instagram, Facebook can be really, really powerful as a way to find clients. And just very much in a nutshell, um, one of the things that we show you how to do in the Click Academy is, first of all, how to actually the kind of content like you would be sharing online. You know, obviously things like inspirational quotes, they're great. But ultimately, in order for you to start attracting people who need what you offer, who, you know, value what you're saying, how do you actually create content that speaks to that audience? So that's one of the things that we cover. But more importantly than that, it's how do you actually make sure the people who need this message that you're sharing actually see it? Now, you might be thinking right now, well, the only people that follow me on social media are, you know, my friends and my family. So I could start sharing content on those platforms, but they're they're not my ideal client. So one of the things that we also show our students is how to then find the people on social media and get them in front of your page. Okay, so it's tapping into these existing networks where your ideal client is already hanging out. And when I say ideal client, the most ideal client you can have as a coach is somebody that is actually looking for a coach. People that have already made that decision that this is something that I want to do for myself. I want to invest in a coach. I need this in my life. And I'm so excited for that process. They're the people that you want to be talking to. And so what we help you do is not only show you how to kind of create that message of what you can share on social media, but also how to then get that message in front of the right people who need to actually hear it. So you don't just feel like you're speaking to your friends and your family. Now, if all of this talk about social media seems overwhelming, it probably will be. If you are completely new to the online business world, maybe you don't even have any type of social media. Maybe you don't have Facebook. Maybe you don't have Instagram. Um, it doesn't matter, okay? Remember, like, I didn't know any of this stuff when I started, okay? And it's something that you will learn, okay? It's something that you learn as you go. But don't let that lack of knowledge right now stop you from actually getting started. Remember, when you start, you're not meant to know everything. This is a process, okay? It's baby steps. And the beauty of this space is that I feel like your learning curve is so steep. So we have women that join us and they've literally, they've got, they don't have a social media presence at all. They don't have an Instagram account. They don't have Facebook. They literally don't have anything. And within the space of a month, they've not only got all of that set up, but they're actually starting to connect with people who are, you know, really needing what they offer, who need their message. Okay, so how things can, the the learning curve within this space can be super steep if you are kind of committed to really to that process. Um, I do get asked about whether or not you could, you know, attract clients without using social media. Um, You can, you absolutely can, but I would say you are leaving a lot of potential clients on the table if you don't use social media. Um, So say, for example, what are some of the other ways? Well, email marketing, this is something as well that we utilize. It's something that we teach our students where rather than connecting with your audience via social media, you are sending them an email. So you are collecting emails from people who are perhaps interested in coaching, who are struggling with the, the problem you solve as a coach, bringing them onto an email list and then delivering value that way. It might be things like 
creating a podcast such as this, you know, actually recording your content and sharing your message that way. Essentially, whichever way you decide, whether it's email, social media, podcasting, you know, maybe it's in-person events, the principle is the same. In order to get clients, what you are doing first and foremost is you are starting off by sharing value. You are starting off by sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge, sharing your story, building a relationship with your audience. And that's really important because typically people, when they invest in a coach, they're investing in you, right? You are the product a lot of the time. You know, that's that's what people are being drawn to. And especially if you're, let's say, for example, um, you're your coaching program is a three-month program and you charge a few thousand pounds for it. That's not just going to be a snap decision for somebody, right? It's not just going to be somebody wakes up one day and thinks, oh, I'm going to hire a coach, sees you online and says, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go to her website and sign up. Normally, before that decision happens, somebody has, you know, bought into you. They've kind of heard a little bit about your story. They've consumed some of your content. They've you know, built that bond with you first. So that's really what kind of any kind of marketing is about. It's about building that relationship first before you then sell to that person, okay? So yeah, that's kind of typically, um, the question was around, you know, how would I get clients? But I guess it depends on what is your preferred channel for connecting with your audience. So we teach everything within the Click Academy. You know, we teach how to share your message via social media, how to do it via email marketing. You know, maybe your message is being shared via a blog on your website. Maybe it's via YouTube. Maybe it's via a podcast. Maybe it's not your own podcast. Maybe you'd much prefer to go onto somebody else's podcast and share your message there. Okay, so that is something that we, we cover in the Academy as well. So, but the idea is still the same. To get clients, it's really first and foremost about delivering that value. And then typically what happens is a phone call. So you would have a phone call with a potential client. They would book a call with you to kind of find out more about you and about your coaching. And that's where you can share with them about what you're able to offer to them as a coach. Um, Some people send people send their audience just to a sales page and people can kind of just sign up online. But for me, I think especially when it's one-on-one coaching, I think it's important for you as a coach to personally connect with a potential client first, not just for them, but to make sure it's the right fit for you, okay? If you're gonna be taking on a client and connecting with them on a weekly basis, like you wanna feel that that client is really aligned with you and you feel that you can really help them and it's a good fit. And so when I was working solely one-on-one, I would always make sure I'd have that conversation with a potential client first before I would agree to actually working with them. Okay, so that's a very sort of in a nutshell um, kind of overview of how you would get clients as a coach. Now, I guess kind of tied in with that question, this is another one about kind of the clients and who you'll be working with. Um, I've been asked about, it was actually a question specifically about the academy and whether the training allows you to work with clients internationally. Um, One of the beauties, as I said, about 
attracting clients online is that it opens you up to an international pool of people. Um, Our training itself has been internationally accredited by the International Coach Federation. So it's designed for coaches to be able to work in an international field. So the students that we also attract into the academy are also internationally based as well. Um, So it doesn't matter, for example, if, you know, we're based in the UK, if somebody else is based in Australia or the US or somewhere else in Europe, our um, training that we deliver is internationally accredited. So it means we can take international students and um, yeah, it means you can also teach at an or coach rather at an international level too. What is a typical working day as a coach? I love this question, although it's very much open-ended because For me, the beauty of this industry is that you get to design the life that really sets your soul on fire and create a schedule that really works for you and what you love and work in a way that feels good to you. So I will share kind of how I, when I was very much sort of coaching one-on-one, what my sort of typical schedule looks like um, or did look like rather. But again, like it's, it's really up to you to design a, a schedule that really works for you. So for me, one of the things I am, you know, super committed to is getting up. And first of all, the first part of my working day would be the work that I do on myself. You know, I am my first priority when it comes to my business, when it comes to my clients. I know that I cannot pour from an empty cup. So I always make myself the first priority and that starts first thing in the morning with my daily routine okay so making that space for me for my mindset to meditate to journal to read something that inspires me to say my affirmations to visualize you know to do a few sun salutations to fill my body with goodness um through what i eat and what i drink you know that for me is the foundation of my business And so that's kind of always typically how I will start. Admittedly, (laughs) since having my little bundles of joy, um, you know, it's not always going to look like an hour, an hour and a half of a morning ritual. Sadly, you know, the days pre-kids, it was always like pretty much like at least an hour for myself. Um, With children, as the mums listening to this will know, that's not always the case. But... I will always make sure that I am my first priority, even if it's just for a really short period, first thing in the morning. Um, When I was very much kind of a one-on-one coach, which is how most people start as a coach, you know, coaching clients in a one-on-one capacity, I would typically use a one or two days per week to coach my clients. So I try and condense sort of the coaching hours over one or two hours per week. It will be for you to figure out, like, what is your capacity as a coach? You know, how many clients can you work with before you start to feel exhausted? Um, I remember when I was kind of trying to do, like, figure out my timeframes and my, my weekly schedule and trying to figure out, okay, well, where, when am I going to coach my clients? When, I get, when am I going to do the marketing side of my business? And trying to figure out, really, how many one-on-one clients that I could take on at a time. And I grossly overestimated this. I was very much in this kind of, perhaps still in a very corporate mindset. And I was thinking, well, okay, let's say I work eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. Like that's, 
you know, 10 hours of coaching clients potentially per day, you know, over five days, like that's 50 clients per week. And I was doing the maths and thinking, wow, like that's a serious amount of money that I could make. And then I had to take a step back and think, well, what would being of service in the best possible way look like? And I soon realized that me being of the highest level of service for my clients, it wouldn't be 50 clients a week. I would be so exhausted by the time that I got to Friday that that just wouldn't be doable. And it would also leave me with not much space to do much else. So for me, there was a bit of time trying to figure out my sweet spot of how many clients I could coach at one time and still be able to show up for each of those sessions and be the very best coach that I could be. And my sort of figure capped off around sort of three or four clients per day. I felt like any more than that, just I I wasn't able to show up as the best version of me. Okay, so you'll want to sort of figure out what your own sweet spot looks like. I always liked to do my coaching first thing in the morning. To be honest, most of the work that I do, I like to do in the morning. Typically in the afternoons, I don't function as well. So my day would never really, once I was you know, working as a coach and I, wasn't, I didn't have my job anymore, um, I, my cutoff time at the end of the day was quite early because I knew that sort of past two or three o'clock, I wasn't going to be producing my best work. I wasn't going to be coaching in the best way. Um, So yeah, and so normally in the afternoon, that would be when I would go and do like a yoga class or, you know, I'd go and go and get a coffee or go and take a walk or go and just do whatever really. But um, yeah, it wasn't kind of, you know, coaching or content creating. Um, But as I said earlier, like, as much as I can share what worked for me as a coach and what my typical daily schedule looked like, this is for you to decide. So over the years, as I've developed my business and as I developed as a coach, my schedule has changed quite significantly. And I now work a hell of a lot less than what I used to, mainly because I've now got an incredible team behind me, supporting me within the business, which means that I could, if I wanted to, I could probably get away with just doing a couple of hours per week. <laughs> um, I don't, just because if I, if I was only doing a couple of hours a week, I'd probably not know what to do with myself because I love my business. I love being in my business. I love, you know, being a part of that. And I'd I know that I would feel very disconnected if I was only working a couple of hours a week. So I work because I want to, not because I have to. You know, if I, I could, my business would very much keep going and would grow if I was just showing up a couple of hours a week, but I choose to put more time into that. And that's really just to give you an idea of what is possible for you in the future. It's not going to happen straight away. I'm not going to lie. Like to, to just work a couple of hours a week in the beginning, um, I guess it depends how quickly you want things to happen, but you're probably going to have to commit a little bit more time than that. Um, but that's, you know, if you kind of see yourself just working one day a week in the future and maybe starting up a different type of business or doing something else with your time, then that is very, very doable. At least from my experience, it's become very, very doable. Um, just quickly, for those of you who are 
perhaps in a full-time job at the moment, or maybe you're thinking, I don't have the time to start a coaching business. You know, I'm working full-time. How can I possibly ever do this alongside my full-time job or, you know, alongside raising my children? And, you know, when I started my business, I was in exactly the same position. I was working around 60 plus hours per week. I did not have time on my side. I made it happen. So that for me is not an excuse as to why it can't happen. And it's about making the best of the time that you have and just trusting that that will be enough, surrendering that that is enough. That's what you have rather than getting frustrated about it. Of course, it's annoying if you're having to go into a job that you hate and you're thinking, oh, I just wish I could coach. I would just wish I could be spending this time working on my coaching business. It is frustrating, but you are not going to make the situation any better or any easier by allowing yourself to get frustrated. So for me, it was really the language that I chose to vote, to use in order to vocalize my current situation. So I was saying things like, rather than, oh, I've got to go to work today, I have to go to work, it's, I get to go to work. How fortunate am I that I get to go to work and I get to be supported financially whilst I'm also working towards my dreams? Um, you know, rather than saying, oh, it's so annoying that I just don't have much time, I was talking about time in a, in a very much an abundance mindset. How lucky am I that I get to wake up every morning at four in the morning and I can work on my business before I go to work? How blessed am I that I have this time in the evening when I get home from work to work on my business? You know, if I was coming back in the evening and saying to myself, oh, I'm exhausted and it's so annoying, I've just got a few hours now before I need to go to sleep, I'm not going to approach my business in the best possible mindset. So I was just trying to make the best of what I had available to me at the time knowing that the job that I was in was a stepping stone to my dreams. It wasn't going to be forever. That was the thing that was supporting me in getting my coaching business off the ground. Okay, so it's just really about trying to see the positive in the negative situation that you may currently be in. But it's very much doable. And I would probably say 90% of the students that join us in the Click Academy are in full-time jobs. Many of them are also mothers as well. So they've got kind of kids on top of that, that they're, you know, having to look after. So I'd say the majority of the, our students don't necessarily have all day, every day to be working on their business. Great if you do, but not a big deal if you don't. Okay. And remember, like it, it doesn't last forever. And again, this, this is going to be different for everybody, but most of our students, in terms of what their income is at the moment, need around two clients per month, some of them even less, some of them just one client per month, in order to replace their current income, okay? Um, typically, in terms of charging, most of our students, in terms of their first offer, which is a, a three-month coaching program, they will normally price that around the £2,000 mark. So let's say you've got two clients, that makes it £4,000. For most of our students, that is typically enough for them to be able to step away from their job. Now, again, these are just sort of typical figures and everybody is different because some people may need a lot more. Some of our clients, um, you know, have bigger outgoings, so they may need to either charge more as a coach or they may need to have more, um, more clients as a coach. But... On the whole, I would say 
around two clients per month is what most of our students need in order to replace their current income. Just two people a month to say yes to you. When you kind of break it down that way, all of a sudden it becomes very doable especially when you start to kind of start to build your audience up online, when you start to kind of immerse yourself within the coaching industry and you start to realize that, okay, people are investing in coaches and you kind of start to see or to connect with people that see the value in coaching. Just getting two of those people to say yes to you all of a sudden seems very, very doable. Okay. Um, Right, let's move on then to, we've got time for one more question. Now the question is around the the saturation of the market, like seeing lots and lots of coaches now, people now becoming coaches and worrying, you know, is the market becoming too saturated for this? I love when people ask this question because I get quite passionate about it. And the reason is that We want there to be a lot of people stepping into the coaching world and becoming coaches. This is a good thing. Rather than seeing this as a very much in terms of a lack mindset, you know, there's lots of competition out there. Lots of people are becoming coaches. Lots of people are already coaching in the niche that I want to coach in. You know, why would somebody choose me? Rather than seeing that from a very much a lack mindset, see that as a positive thing. Coaching is not yet a mainstream thing, right? You know, if you kind of only need to look in your kind of real life situation to realize that most people that you know in real life probably haven't worked with a coach before, perhaps don't even know what coaching is. It's still not yet mainstream. The way in which we spread the message about coaching is by other coaches educating people on what coaching can do for them. The more people that are out there talking about the value of coaching, talking about how coaching can change people's lives, the better it is for coaches in general, because more people become educated on what coaching can do for them. Okay, so we want there to be more and more people stepping into the coaching world, because as there are more and more coaches, there are more people to share the message of coaching. It starts to become something that people have more awareness of. They start to realize, okay, it's not this unusual thing, like I've never heard of this before. If people are seeing more and more coaches out there doing coaching and, you know, changing lives through coaching, more people start to believe in the value of what coaching can do and start to see it as this real legitimate thing that can really help them in their lives as well. So for me, this whole argument about the coaching industry becoming too saturated, it is complete BS, okay? From my experience, it became far easier to get clients when I started to see more and more people becoming coaches. When I first became a coach, if I was being honest, like most of the other coaches I knew were based over in the US. There was very, very few coaches that I knew that were based in the UK. And if I was trying to get a client from the UK, it felt like an uphill battle. Most of my clients also came from the US because again, a lot of people in the UK just didn't really understand the value of coaching. That changed significantly when more and more women from the UK started to become coaches. They started to kind of build their businesses within this industry, build their authority within this industry, share content about coaching, talk about mindset, talk about personal development, talk about law of attraction. That doing so 
kind of creating this community within the UK of other coaches meant that more, more and more people from the UK also started to invest in coaching as well. So from my experience, it really helped that the more coaches there were, the more clients there were as well. Okay, so... Um, I'm sure there's lots and lots of other questions though that you have about becoming a coach. So um, yeah, feel free to keep your questions coming and I can perhaps sort of interject them into um, some of the sessions that I do moving forwards. Um, If you've not yet signed up for our free course, so that's wearetheclick.com forward slash free course. I would highly recommend you do so. Within that course, you are going to be shown, you know, how to coach, how to get clients. You're going to be taken through the mindset part of becoming a coach. Um, There is so much value and goodness within that free course. So make sure to check out that. I am also going to be hosting a um, number of live masterclasses for aspiring coaches next week. So, um, or this week rather. So, Um, Monday the 27th, Tuesday the 28th and Wednesday the 29th of September 2021. I am going to be inside our Facebook group going live, answering more of your questions about becoming a coach, giving you more guidance on the steps to actually get yourself off the ground as a coach and what it takes. So if you can make it, I would love for you to join me for those live masterclasses. They are going to be happening inside our Facebook group. So if you just type in the click on Facebook, you should um, be able to see our group pop up there. It's called... um it's called the click Facebook group. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of our subtitle now. I think it's mindset manifesting and entrepreneurship. Um, it changed not so long ago, but, um, yeah, if you type in the click, you will see our Facebook group pop up, go ahead and request to join that Facebook group. And as I said, I will be going live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 27th, 28th, 29th of September at 7.30 PM UK time. Okay, Um, so I would love to see you there if you can make it. And yeah, keep your requests for this podcast coming. Um, You can reach out to me at Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching. Come and say hello over on Instagram. Thank you once again, ladies, for tuning in. It was a pleasure as always. And I will catch you, if not on the live sessions, I will catch you on next week's episode. If you are wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.